What's an A player? It's someone who possesses the attitude of curiosity, connection, and total commitment to a vision. The work we do with our clients helps them both be A players and fill their organizations with A players. This is a segment of the Naked Leadership Podcast where you get to know the A players of our team here at Take New Ground. You'll get to see firsthand their brilliance, talent, and commitment as we talk in areas of their expertise. Hey all, this is Chad. Today I get to sit down with Mark Edwards, associate partner at Take New Ground. Mark has an insane history and rap sheet when it comes to finance, and governance for organizations and technology, as we'll learn today. If you want to know anything from raising money to finding board members to strategic exits, Mark is your man. Let me ask you, are you prepared to embrace the AI revolution or risk being left behind in the rapidly evolving world of business? Join Mark and I in this wild AI adventure featuring the notorious ChatGPT. We dive into the future of work with our new artificial partners, unveiling the rapid tech adoption cycle on steroids. Discover practical ways to prompt chat GPT and integrate it into your life and business. Stay tuned for Mark's mind-blowing take that is both practical and beautiful at the same time. Prepare to question everything you know about AI. Buckle up. Let's dive in. Mr. Edwards, how are you? Chad, it's always good to talk to you, brother. Doing well, thank you. It's so great to be with you. I have been looking, you know, we talked about, we discussed this topic the last time we were together and I've been excited about it ever since. I listen to whatever I can get my hands on, read whatever I get my hands on, on this topic. So I am really excited to put this in in the frame of some of the work that we do, the work that you're doing with, with, with your clients. Um, so we're talking about AI today and, um, you know, there is a vast conversation happening around AI. Everything from, well, the world's over, we might as well give up, to this is only going to improve every aspect of life. And then there's every viewpoint and estimation in between. And so I I wanted to start this conversation first, but just getting personal with you, Mark, if you don't mind, how is it that you relate to what's going on with AI personally? How do you how do you uh, think about it, and um, and and what's your view? What like what's your view on it? Well, I'm so glad we're talking about this topic. I mean, normally we talk about things that send people to sleep, like governance. So AI yeah. is like right there in the mainstream. But what's really interesting about this um, is. I feel uniquely qualified to to speak to this for one for one reason. I'm British, and um, the you, you may recall back in the eighteen early eighteen hundreds. It was actually bit between eighteen eleven and eighteen sixteen that there were there were a group of um, textile workers called the Luddites, and they were very very concerned that these new pieces of equipment were being brought into cotton mills and woolen mills, and so they used to sneak in at night and sabotage. And um, that word Luddite has become now a term for people who are just uh, scared of technology. So this has been going on for hundreds of years. And I I feel also really well qualified to speak about this because personally, I I finished high school and the best technology I had for doing math and physics at high school was something called a slide rule. You may never have seen one of those. You may, but our listeners... Uh, I mean, I'd mentioned slide rules to my kids, and they're like, what? What's that? And uh, But the slide rule was a great piece of technology being around for probably 100 years, 
And that's all I had through high school to do math and physics. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I got to college that I saw and encountered my first computer. This, this, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, so, you know, that first computer was sitting in a room and you could communicate. You had to punch cards, put them in a card reader, and then, you know, use a, this language called Fortran or COBOL. And then a day or so later, you get a report back saying, oh, you misread on the card deck or you made a mistake. And then you had to go back, figure out, and then submit your cards again. So I didn't really see uh, a, a you know, real computer until that IBM PC came out in the 80s. And um, yeah. that was the beginning of that kind of interaction. The reason I bring this up is I, I spent my first part of my career in the computer industry. Um, just because I felt this was going to be kind of major. And the first kind of two decades was all about getting the hardware, software, and everything there. And then really the 80s and 90s were that. And then um, then right around 2000 was when you know the web sort of really took off. And why this is pertinent is what is happening, in my opinion, and what I share with my, particularly my 17-year-old, is this... It, this today, what is happening right now, is very analogous for, for me going from the slide rule to computer. Um, yeah. And when when the computer came out, I mean, I worked for a company in the early 80s where, where that company didn't even want to make PCs. They didn't see any reason. And in fact, IBM didn't see any reason for PCs. They're like, <laughs> there's a limited market for these computers. They're only ever going to you know, sit in back offices and crunch big data. Um and now we have, we have that quote. We have that quote on our website. In fact, uh, it's yeah. at the bottom of our website. It's like uh, yeah. something like I, I believe there's a market for uh, a market for only forty to fifty mach- uh, processing machines in the United or in the world or something like that. So yeah. interesting. Well, yeah, and 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 so you know what I share with my and so this is this is something I watched this development of a whole technology um, really was kind of two technologies, the semiconductor software technology, and then the internet, which is communications. Now, what that is set the scene for is AI, because actually, that very company I worked for in the early 80s, um, back in 1985, I was selling AI, believe it or not. Well, AI came mm-hmm. out in, 50, in 1956, uh, was when the term was first coined. Um, and back in 1985, we were going after what you consider to be, you know, deep AI, deep thinking, you know, trying to go after um, human thought and really, you know, true intelligence. And then there was a subcategory called machine learning where, you know, you had to kind of feed some data to algorithms and they would learn to do. That was kind of like the poor man's AI back then, um, 40 years ago, because, you know, we were really trying to go after human thought initially. Now, What's happened, and the big thing that's really happened, and why machine learning is now the the key piece, is we have the internet. So we have this massive, you know, what what was what was challenging about machine learning was getting the data to feed to the algorithm so that they could you know learn and and produce something useful. Uh, and what's happened, and why this is such a big issue right now, is that these bots, um, uh, whether um, ChatGPT or uh, Bing or Bard from from um, Google, they, they have 
feasted and gorged themselves on all the data available to, you know, to mankind, like everything that's been put on the internet, all written, all books have been digitized, um, the, all the information we're, we're creating, massive amounts of data every second that's being created. And all that has become this massive feast for these algorithms. And now they they are smart in as much as they have digested all the information ever been created and and they digest it as in, as we create new information, new data, they digest that. So that's why this is so interesting right now. And there's mm-hmm. huge implications for everyone. Just like there was, you know, four decades ago when really personal computing just began and and the computer came out of that back room into started to come into the front office, into the living room, into into the home. Um, th- this is what we're seeing now, but this is happening much, much faster. Right? We're moving at, at, at light speed compared to glacial speed. So it was no communication. Um, you know, you heard a sneaker net where you had floppy disks used to exchange data. Now, you know, we've got 5G ultra-wide. Uh, so th- this we're in a very different world, and it's very, very fast-moving, and it has serious implications for everybody. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you personally relate to those implications? I mean, there's so many that we could we could explore. I, I love first. I just want to put a pin in a couple of things that you're saying. As you started talking about, you know, the luddites, I thought also about the printing press, yeah. and a lot of the uh, a lot of the fear that was around the printing press. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and we look at that now; it's like such a simplistic machine to distribute information. But at the time, it was groundbreaking people couldn't really comprehend at the rate they could you know disseminate information get it out there replicate it all of that sort of stuff so there is this way of being that we have through time uh where each you know each thing each piece of technology that comes along there's both fear and excitement for it yeah you have to look at that why is that because knowledge is power and before the printing press, um, there were very, very few people who could read because reading was typically something that was tied to the church. Um, so the clergy, monks, they were the people who read, they were the people who transcribed um, the books, predominantly the Bible at that point. Um, when the printing press came out, that's what started to level the playing field. And that's mm-hmm. what technology does. I mean, that's why... We're in this world right now where you hear about, you know, decentralized finance or DeFi, crypto, all these things. They're, they're technologies, and what they do is they they de- they democratize with a small d. They de- democratize uh, society, and that and so the people who have power are threatened, and um, every form of technology, um, as it gets applied and disperses threatens those people who typically are holding power and ai is just that next it, i mean just it's it's massive and it's the mm-hmm. next stage of effectively uh, democratizing because um there this is a way to harness all information which is really a powerful kind of concept to think about it um mm. 
And, you know, up until now, you've had to typically employ really smart programmers if you want to, um, you know, this is how many software companies have been built to go mine information. And, well, you don't need that necessarily. I mean, you will. It, it is easier. But even what's happening now is there are tips and techniques for just working with these chatbots. And, and so, in fact, today, um, we're on May 25th, 2023, and it was a fascinating article of today's New York Times, which I'll share a part of that. And it was penned by Brian Chang. And he, he said, look, here's the ways that you can get more power and information out of these chatbots. Um, and I think it's worth talking about them because it's, it's really interesting. Um, I mean, I've tried uh, interfacing and, you know, you get kind of, it, it's, it's actually very, very similar to the early days of computing. There's, there's this term called garbage in, garbage out, right? Yes. Garbage in, garbage out. And it's the same thing with chatbots. If you ask a kind of a bland question, you're going to kind of get a, a generic answer back. Yes. What Brian points out is um, there's some really interesting prompts. So he, he gives a couple of examples. He goes, there's a prompt that says, act as if. So what you're starting to do now is you're starting to interface to the chatbot more, you know, kind of like I say, almost like in a human way, right? You're saying, so... Act, act as if you are my personal trainer, um, right? So you'd say, act as if, and you could say, so act as if you are a personal trainer. Uh, what what workout regime would you have me do, right? Okay. And then it'll come back. And then the second golden prompt is, tell me what else you need to answer that. Mm. And it may say, well, how old are you? Or what's your weight or what's your fitness level um you know do you do you have you exercised up until now so really it's a conversation um and so that's that's one kind of key thing to to think about are these really thoughtful interactions so again yes. I, I kind of you know tie that to garbage and garbage out having a thoughtful interaction thinking about and you're going to see, what you're going to see now is people suggesting what props are, you know, these gold props. So you start to look for that. I haven't even Googled it yet, but um, actually, I should, we should ask chat, the chatbot, what are the best golden props? So here we go. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into a very circular kind of conversation, right? Um, very much so. I, I Really quick on this. Yeah. This is so interesting. So uh, ChatGPT G- Chat gets... Um, my podcast descriptions and titles, my YouTube mm-hmm. descriptions and titles, gets them to 90% right now. Mm-hmm. And that's been, just as you've been talking about, that for me, that's been a process of playing with different prompts. And you mm-hmm. know, how I started to think about this was even as we go into work with teams or with founders, if we ask poor questions that are yeah. too general, too vanilla, um, not, you know, not thoughtful, any of that sort of stuff, we're going to get the same quality of answers from them. Exactly. But if we, exactly. if we go in and we're very clear on what it is that we want, we can be specific and we can be thoughtful and we can, you know, all we're going to get, we're going to get gold in there. And that's what, that's been my experience. 
And well, my, my daughter is my daughter's 17 years old and she's thinking about what she wants to do and things are happening so fast and things are changing so fast, right? She originally wanted to go into graphic design and she's thinking, well, I mean, there I don't know what future there is in graphic design because you now have AI prompt graphic designers basically that can design you anything. And, um, and so I, I just said, look, if I were you right now, I would focus on learning to interact with these things, learning to prompt them, learning to ask questions and how they, you know, how you can get the best results from. So it's so interesting that you went this, to me, this is like gold. Well, and, and, and that's the first part. I think the second part, again, this comes from Brian Chen, is creating what he calls threads. And that's actually not very easy to do with Google Bard because you really can't have more than one conversation going there. You can with Bing, although it does kind of clear out from time to time. But ChatGPT does allow you to have multiple threads. And think of a thread mm-hmm. as an ongoing conversation. And you can have multiple. So... Again, what you're doing here is the prompts are opening up. The thread now is getting into that deeper kind of conversation on that topic. Um, and in that case, the the kind of advice there is think about and vi- view the chatbot as a, almost like a human intern where you are having a conversation, guiding, and then gently correcting um and and really getting them to go look for more and more. So if you kind of take that approach, which is interesting, right? Now it's treating the the uh, the chatbot, the interface more more in a human fashion, um, and that's where the value will come. Um, so I thought that was a very interesting um, approach. I think I think the other the other thing that's also mentioned in that article is is using a framework of some sort. Um, so if there's a particular type of uh, framework out there, then use use that. Um, so the, 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 this is where I think you know when we look at coaching, for example, um, if we have a particular um, particular approach that we're looking at. Um, and we've got that down into into a framework, then training the chatbot on that and then making that available to other people so they're able to um, stand on the shoulders of what we've created. So I think that can be a very interesting opportunity for anyone um, in their in their business um, as they're looking to um, create value out there in, in, in the market is Think about how you can seed something out, and then basically train train the algorithms uh, to pick up on that and to enhance that. So I think there's some really really interesting things that that uh, that people are going to play with and experiment with um, to actually generate value. So, Mark, for you personally, is this uh, are we doomed? Is this the end of the world? Or is it uh, a new opening? Well, you know, as I said earlier, I I am originally English, but I haven't lived there for a long time, and that's partly because I came to a land of opportunity, which is America, and I became American. And I'm a very optimistic person, 
Um, and I have seen the benefits of technology, whether it's information technology or medical technology or environmental technology. I mean, I, I think technology is something that we um, in society have really been able to harness generally for good. Um, and I, I look at you know the changes that have occurred as we have employed different types of technology throughout history. And I think generally we have made good of technology. And I do believe um, that this is yet another turn in technology. It, it opens up a lot of uh, opportunities. And and I think it's for us to step into that in very, you know, with a very positive mindset and look at how do we um, harness and make use of this. So I, you know, as I look into the market, uh, you know, one, one of the people who, who's really going after this in very positive ways, um, Reid Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn. Um, he's really looking at, you know, how do we how do we do some really good things with AI? And uh, I think that, you know, we've yeah. done some really good things with information technology, computer hardware, software. Um, and I, I'm I'm a, a very optimistic person and I, I believe generally that most people want to do good and leave the world a better place than they than they found it, and I think this is a this is a um, a generation, and this is a generational thing happening right now. Um, this is a generational shift um, that is going to yes, it's going to alarm some people because look, if you if you you know if you're in a facility, for example, um, I. I I, I would say if you're, you know, towards the end of your career, you're fine. If you're in law school right now, I would say I'd figure out how to use this or go look for another job because that is definitely a career that um, there'll be some real winners and losers in, in, in mm-hmm. law because, you know, quite frankly, you know, the algorithm can just digest all legal cases and give you the best outcome. Um, so... It, it's th- there are going to be some career career options that are going to um, you know are going to disappear and some will uh, you know some will grow. I mean, you only have to go back to when you yeah. know the when the phone system was um, first deployed when Marbell deployed the phone system back in the nineteen forties. They projected that because they were you know punch punch um, boxes where uh, women at that time they were women used to plug in cables to connect phones. And yep. They projected that within 40 years, one in four women in America would be telephone operators. And then they came out with, the, with basically the uh, solid state circuit that was able to uh, create those connections. Um, and now there's no one working as telephone operator, but plenty of people working software engineers. So we're going to see a whole bunch of new careers come out of this. And I think your advice to your daughter is very sage because those people who figure figure this out, they'll become the software engineers of AI, and the people who don't, mm-hmm. they'll be the telephone operators. So you know that is it's it's change. Look, all down to change and, and embracing change. And I think that's one of the things you know TNG we're really good at. Um, Helping people prepare for change and transformation, and this is this is a big shift in terms of change and transformation, and that's exciting to some people and threatening to others. So let's bring it to our listenership. Let's bring it to—I uh, mean, our listenership reflects our clientele. So this is this is yeah. a great opportunity. We can 
we can speak right to those of yeah. those that we serve, which is, um, is this relevant for them? Should they be using it? Or is it at this moment, is it a novelty? Well, again, I come back to computers in the 1980s and there were a lot of businesses who felt that they would never need a computer, that that was, you know, they'd stay on, you know, uh, pen and paper, a calculator and people and all that stuff. Show me a business today that's not using a computer, right? So um, this is a, it's the same thing. So you're either going to be a ra- you're either going to be an early adopter, uh, a mid or a late adopter of this technology. So that's going to depend on what you do and how you embrace it. The early adopters may or may not be successful. Um, the late adopters may get run over by it. So um, I think that every business should be assessing how this technology will impact them. Uh, their 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 segment of industry, um, it will affect everyone in time. Now we're moving at a much more rapid pace than computer adoption, right? That took a lot lot longer. Internet was faster than than you know the PC kind of revolution, uh, and this is going to be faster. Yeah. So I would say for everyone, it's going to affect you. The question is. Um, are you going to get ahead of it or are you going to be reacting to it? Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Let me say that one more time. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Now, that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset, are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, Wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate what's effective and what's ineffective, what your strengths are and what your blind spots are? It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me, all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. How would you start that assessment, Mark? I mean, our team is has already started that assessment. What does this mean for coaching and consulting? How you know what happens when uh, a lot of the questions we get on coaching calls are easily answered, even in our voice or from our content, by the quick question to to an AI bot or a chat bot? That's in, an interesting question that we're already uh, considering. For those who are listening to this, how do they start that assessment of, wow, what is this going to mean? Well, uh, so 
Before I answer that, let me just pick up on what you said about coaching. Yes, content is certainly one part of coaching, which is asking a question, getting an answer. Another part is accountability. Um, I could see how machine learning can address content. Not quite sure how it can address accountability just yet, right? So there's sort of like the hard, uh, we'll call the hard soft things, right? Hard being you know, something that's data and soft being something that's not data. So I think um, right now this, this comes back to a strategic, you know, this is basically a strategic review of your business. So we've talked before about being in the business and being, you know, working in the business and working on the business. So this is back to working on the business. And this is, look, your day-to-day operation, what you do to run your business, heads down, you won't see AI coming. It'll, it may or may not impact you, you know, in the very near term or the medium term, but long term it will. So if you're, if you're just in the business, then it'll maybe something you hear about in the news. If you're on your business and you take that time from time to time to work on your business, this is one of the pieces to look at. So uh, when you work on the business, you're looking at what's happening in, the, in my industry, what's happening with my competitors. And we really haven't looked at technology for, for decades because you know everyone uses computers now. But, I mean, this was back in the 80s. This was a topic. And even the 90s, um, was a topic about how we use computers. I mean, I was at a I was an officer in a public company in the nineties, and we had to have you know something like a disaster recovery plan as a public company. Yet we didn't until we did. You know, we we we, we were thinking about technology in ways in the eighties and nineties that we haven't had to since the internet came out because you know like every all data exists in the cloud. You don't have to worry about you know disaster recovery plans anymore. It's just like yeah. It's all hand. So I would say, again, we're seeing now a return of we need to evaluate the impact of technology in in each of our businesses in a way that we haven't had to in the last 20 years just because technology has become ubiquitous, it's become easy, you haven't had to think about it. Well, AI is changing the game, and now this is a piece of technology that every business, from a strategic review, needs to start looking at. So... When in that, you know, every three months or six months or worst case a year that you really, you know, running your business, you really take that time out a day or two, I would recommend at least, you know, a couple of days every 12 months or one day every six months um, where, you know, bring someone in to guide you through that strategic review and strategic analysis. Um, that's something TNG does a great job of. Um we mm-hmm. come in, you know, spend that day or two days. Um, in that strategic review, one of the things to be considered now is the impact of AI, and look at it both from, um, both from what's happening in my in my particular industry, what's happening. You know, what are the opportunities this creates? It's going to create opportunities, different engagement with customers, different engagement with suppliers, with other stakeholders, and what threats does it uh, does it bring? So really doing like a, a SWOT analysis um, around the implementation of this technology. And is it something I can get a, ahead of or am I going to be caught up at somehow? And that those companies that get ahead could do very, very well. Because this is going to be a big shift. And there, there will be winners. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting to think about 
this is going to be such a cornerstone to your planning when you're working on your business. Something to, yeah. to consider. And, and also, I mean, definitely look outside of yourself. Look to an ex- expert who can walk you through what are the potential implement or implications of AI on how you operate now. So as founders or CEOs or leaders in a business, um, beyond just consulting, one of the things that I talk about often with some of my clients and even just in casual conversation, I love this topic. So it comes up a lot with people that I'm talking about. And I think it's even just practically, it's a good idea just to spend some time just on some of these bots, just on these chat GPTs, practicing uh, prompting it and, and you know, try different things and see what kinds of conversations you can have with it. I personally, that's where it started for me. And then I personally have freed up, I would say two to three additional hours a week on this thing. And I don't even pay for the premium version of it. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I'll come back to the, you know, the adoption computer and that particular analogy. And I'm, you know, very fortunate. I have two two generations of kids, right? I have kids who were, you know, they were young in the early in the early eighties, and then and I have a son who was born in the early two thousands. And what I noticed with my kids from the early eighties, um, when we got an IBM PC AT in the early 80s when we first came out um as soon as my kids could you know two two three years old they got in this computer and they started tapping around then we didn't have many applications we had you know lotus one two three which which is now excel and we had harvard graphics which is now powerpoint um and there wasn't much else you could do i mean you could program in basic and things like that but what i noticed and this is a generational thing i approached computers at that time as if they might break and my kids at two and three just approached them like they wouldn't you know they'd just try anything and they would do things that i'm like what how'd you do that and then i noticed in the early 2000s my son now now we move into you know the iphone and that type of thing and again, I look at an iPhone, and I, when I first got the iPhone, it's like, well, let me, you know, I need to figure out this. He'd just pick it up and he'd do stuff. And I realize now that playing, um, experimenting, um, engaging, in a, in a, and we use this term, like, you know, with a child's mind. And just don't, just try stuff. Play. This is, this is a playground right now. Um, and Technology, it, it's robust. You're not going to go and blow up, you know, um, blow up a town or something if you chat, put the wrong thing in there. It's, nothing bad is going to happen. Um, so, what's the worst that happen? It will give you, it will give you an answer back and say, "I don't understand you." Or, you know, it's a conversation. So, I would encourage play, engage, try, experiment, and then ultimately, once you go, go look, have a little familiarity. Then it's a matter of strategize, you know, for your business. I mean, it's one thing to, it's great to personally, you know, use these things, but we're here talking about business right now and what is the impact? And so I would heartily suggest play, experiment, um, and especially if you have kids or younger people, great, involve them in the conversation. uh, And then that preps you for when you really want to look at 
strategic implications on your business. That is a that is a that is a much more serious conversation at that point. Yeah, if you're thinking, if you're listening to this, thinking, well, I don't even know where I would start. I have a, I have a an invitation for you, an experiment. Go take a look at what you have in your freezer in your fridge, the staples, right? Thinking about like chicken breasts, uh, whatever, whatever the staples are that you have readily available, and then think about what mood you're in for dinner. Because this is a this is a very common complaint I hear all. I don't know what to ba- I don't know what to make for dinner, right? So go take an inventory of your ingredients and think about your preferences for the evening and go plug it into chat GPT. Tell them what ingredients you have, what preferences you have, and what you should make for dinner and the best recipe or most popular recipe uh, available. Immediately, you have this dinner that you can make with your ingredients, most likely it you know tailored to your tastes and it happens in moments. And it's a really fun, it's just, I start thinking about playing like that with it. And, and then you will start to notice when it gives you not great results compared to, oh, I, I make this small tweak and then I get a result that really helps me really save, like really save some time, energy and focus for me. Um, so you, you could, you can do little exercises like that. Yeah. And I, I would even. I would even challenge you to get a little bit more creative, and and this, you know, back to your comment about you know to your daughter, um, the future will belong to people who express their creativity. So use yeah. it, you know. I mean, some of us like me, I've I've been very operational most of my life, and I am seeing now the benefits and starting to express creativity in a, in a more overt fashion. So I would, I would to to your example say, well, say to ChatGPT, you know, act as if you are the chef in a Michelin star three star restaurant um, in in Marrakesh, and I am, you know, Richard Branson. I've just walked in. What would you make for me? Given these ingredients, you know, have some fun. Start to start to engage. Start to yeah. get outrageous with. Stuff and and it'll be very interesting to see what what happens. Yeah, well, this is uh, the, I hope this isn't the last time we talk about this, Mark, because this this just really gets me going. Um, I told you when we were talking about this, I, I wanted this conversation for myself. So thank you for bringing it. Um, I love I love watching and hearing your brain work around this stuff. It's it's really helpful for me. So thank you for this. Well, thank you. I, I view this, just to kind of cap this off, I view this as um, a, a clarion call to creativity. Um, and I think that all technology throughout human human history, all technology, uh, gives us the opportunity to become more creative and less tied to a particular repetitive task. Um and that's really what technology does. It it looks at what is repetitive and take and and does it. So we can be free of repetitive tasks to do more quality things. And I think AI is exactly in line with all other technologies. And so this is going to be a great opportunity to become creative. If you don't view yourself as a creative person, you are. So start getting that mindset about how can I become creative? And if, and if you 
don't have a coach, that's a, one thing to get a coach for then is, you know, hey, I'm getting a coach because I want to become more creative and because that is where the future will belong to the creative, uh, to the creatives in our community. So, um, mm. you know, this is, this is a wake up call to get more creative. Uh, that's a meaningful way to, to cap all this off. Cause I don't, I think that's an uncommon view of this stuff. Like, I think many people, uh, I know I can fall into this for sure. So I'll just speak for myself. I won't say how many people think this. I know for myself, I can start to view this as a very cold, um, logistical or, you know, something that can carry out tasks for me. But I do notice that when I use it and I'm paying attention and I'm playful with it, my creativity goes off the charts, particularly in the stuff that I love, YouTube and and podcasting and coaching it 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 really opens up possibilities that i didn't have before or that i didn't see before um so thank you for that i think that's a beautiful place to leave this great thanks so much mark chair thank you as always all right bye-bye everybody well my friends thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the naked leadership podcast As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody. 